0: On today's episode, we take a look at the Mandalorians and how to use them both as a DM or player in Star Wars 5e. Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters podcast episode thirty-two. Hey Tegan, how you doing today?
1: Doing pretty well. Uh, I've decided after today because uh, Mando came out for us today. I haven't had a chance to look at it, but that's kind of my after-work plan. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I, uh, you know, my my wife kind of took the day off, so I joined her in that, and uh, we have sat down and and uh, gone through that already. And I'll tell you, it's it's very good. The season starts off uh, starts off strong, so. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. That's for sure.
1: Definitely, it's, fine. it's nice to have some good Star Wars content out again.
0: Absolutely, uh, yeah. We have, um, you know, speaking of the Mandalorian, we've got uh, a cool episode uh, today to go along with that. We're going to talk about the Mandalorians themselves, uh, you know, as as a culture or as a group, um, and you know, you as a player or a DM, you know, some of the cool things and aspects of them and how you can utilize them in your campaign, use them if you're a character and whatnot. So uh, looking forward to that conversation here in a little bit. But first, some announcements. Uh, Of course, uh, shout out to we've got a couple new Patreons. Big thank you to Richard and Jake. Thank you so much for your support there. And all of our other Patreons, of course, and then followers and subscribers to our other content. We appreciate that very much. Uh, Be sure to check us out, dungeonjedimasters.com, to find all of that other content. Uh, Today as well of this podcast uh, is also our release of our custom Patreon adventure. So those that are Patreons do get this exclusive adventure that we're putting together. Uh, It's going to utilize our past month's NPCs, the Hut and Mandalorian uh, characters. And then there's a cool cool adventure surrounding that. Don't want to give too much away, but uh, Tegan, if you want to uh, tease that a little bit.
1: Definitely. I think this will be a fun one. It's kind of a one or two shot, depending on how long you guys play at the table. Uh, but there's some cool stuff, especially with uh, kind of the Mandalorian coming out. We put some uh, fun Mandalorian themes in there, and uh, there's just a lot to do with this one. And the boss battles in particular, I think, will be fun, especially if you've taken a look at the uh, the stat blocks for the hunt and the Mandalorian. Uh, I've played around with them uh, in a couple of my other groups, and uh, they're just a fun fight to have, and there's just a lot that kind of comes up with it. Uh, so I think this will definitely be an adventure that... Uh, your players will enjoy if you decide to run it
0: yeah absolutely you know just kind of as we were are working on this putting together it looks a lot of fun and, and especially utilizing these cool mbcs uh, additionally i want to give a shout out to uh, nick uh, on instagram nick does art with underscores in there uh I saw him on Instagram, and he had a few maps and things for, for Star Wars uh, 5e, and I reached out, and uh, he's putting together a couple exclusive maps for this adventure. Uh, so we're hugely looking forward to that. Uh, and I know he creates some custom uh, VTT assets and whatnot, so um, we'll give a shout-out to that. So, But a, a shout-out to Nick. Thank you for that. And uh, for those Patreons, uh, that'll be something to look forward to for sure.
1: So what I've seen so far, though, those maps look pretty sick, so it'll definitely be kind of a fun addition if you're playing online, or even if you're actually playing in person, too. You could probably print them off.
0: Yeah, it's always a great addition to have something like that uh, ready to go. So uh, I think that's everything on our end. Uh, there is a new uh, new Star Wars 5e species that came out. I'm um, it the Abyssin. Does that sound right?
1: I think so. That's how I it. <laughs> Uh, These are a a cool one. Uh, So this is definitely kind of another new one out there. Uh, These are kind of, if you're going for kind of a good creepy feel, it's kind of a good Halloween release too. Uh, This is definitely the species that's going to fit that for you. The Abyssin are from Uh, uh So Abyss, if you guys know Legends, that's usually uh, Palpatine's little kind of vacation plan where he spends a lot of time making dark side experiments and things like that. Uh, these guys are going to be perfect for a Berserker build if you're going that way. Uh, they've got a Constitution score of plus two, Strength score plus one, uh, but one of the cool things with them is kind of similar to how uh, the Trandoshans have. They've got Rapidly Regenerate, uh, so you can heal quickly, uh, both at will and in response to danger, so you can either use a bonus action if you just need to do some hit dice on your turn, or if you take a hit, you can use a reaction to burn some hit die. So this is going to be a great one, so you can self-heal with that, and especially with the constitution plus two, uh, you'll be pretty hard to take down. One thing, though, it's going to be a little bit harder. These guys are tech impaired, uh, so this is going to be something, if you can, could be want to be an engineer or a scout with this build, uh, but basically, while the engineer uh, the Beeson are good with some tech uh, they experience difficulty using more complex equipment like wrist pads uh, so you cannot use tech powers or take levels in any tech casting classes uh, so with these guys you're probably gonna want to go more towards that fighter that a uh, berserker build and kind of stay away from any of the the more intelligent classes cool thing though especially if you're going for crit bill that fishes uh, you can get savage attacks. So basically, whenever you score a critical hit with a melee weapon, uh, you can roll one of the weapon's dice one additional time and add it to the critical hit. So you can do some really good damage if you build a good crit build with this one.
0: Very nice. Another good uh, addition to the species, the ever-expanding species catalog for Star Wars Five E. So excellent. Next up, we have uh, two more submissions for our DM spotlights. Uh, thank you, of course, to everyone who has submitted so far. Uh, a couple more uh, additions here. So, first up, I have a submission from uh, Chewy uh, NW, and they, uh, their experience, they are currently DMing uh, SW5E campaign, and they have run some one shots in regular 5E previously. Uh, their campaign name is A Galaxy Divided. Uh, this is a Legends timeline set after the destruction of the second Death Star. Thrawn has returned and threatens to reunite the Empire, while the criminal scum of the galaxy is using the political vacancy to expand their power, as the New Republic wanes after their victory. So very cool there, picking you know specific established timeline and and uh, you know likely uh, deviating on their own path. So always a cool way to do that. Uh, they have um, they're just about to go into ten sessions, so a, a good length. Uh, there depending on their session time and then they have three players at level six so another one of these little bit smaller party sizes uh but uh you know i think that'd be you know a nice intimate size and lots of opportunity for player interaction there so thank you chewy uh tegan throw it over to you for the next one
1: Definitely. this is kind of cool. This is uh, one of the players uh, submitted on behalf of his uh, DM. Uh, So the Devil Cardinal submitted it, but uh, the Revolver Held is the GM. Uh, So kind of a cool player, kind of uh, being able to jump in and give a little information on the campaign. Um, I think this is the player's experience, but they've got a extensive d d experience, and they've been playing for a long time. Uh, so they started with uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, which I think is 2E. Uh, so they've been playing for quite a while with uh, the different versions of D&D. Uh, and and they have also played uh, Pathfinder 2E and Starfinder as well. Uh, their campaign is The Darkest Descent. Uh, it's kind of a cool campaign name there. Uh, it looks like almost a little bit of an alternate... Uh, kind of a reality play, at least from what I'm reading. Uh, basically, it starts at the conclusion of the Clone Wars, and the galaxy stands in an awkward time in history uh, where there's a rebellion seeking to reform the Senate proper, uh, and separatists have taken mainstream control of the galaxy. Uh, during this time, uh, adventures from around the stars uh, rose up against the forces of the dark side uh, banding together to create an organization powerful enough to combat the galactic menace. Uh, So the players are these adventurers and together through any means necessary, uh, they're going to try to stop the Sith from rising uh, or so it is believed. They said, uh, so kind of a cool concept there. Uh, they've been playing for about six months with about twelve sessions, and they included the hours on there too. So they've, all together, they've got about sixty hours into the game. So definitely kind of a great place there. Uh, four team members, uh, and they're about to hit level five uh, starting. Uh, I think next session it says. So five is definitely one of my favorite levels, and just one of those. You kind know, of your build starts coming together. So this will be kind of fun as they proceed into the adventure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, another kind of that four size uh, party, you know, I know four is the standard uh, that the game is kind of ri- originally built for. Um, I'm enjoying my, my game with four players right now. I think it's, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy five as well. I know. Have you done, what different sizes have you done, Tegan? Do you stick on so- Five. For
1: my games I'm running, I've got 5, 6, and 5. And 5 is my favorite. Uh, 6 is a little too much, but sometimes it's nice in case somebody mix, misses. But mm-hmm. 5 is when everybody's there is like my preferred number.
0: Well, uh, to both of you uh, with those submissions, thank you so much. Uh, anyone else, if you would like to submit your uh, campaign, please do so. We'd love to uh, highlight that for sure. Always enjoy going through these. With that, uh, we can jump into our main topic today. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we're talking about Mandalorians. Uh, We've got lots of information here. Touch on the lore a little bit. Go through their culture and and a lot of the little aspects of that. Uh, And then, you know, how you can kind of use them in a campaign, both as a DM and as a player. Um, One thing that's great about the Mandalorians is that there's a ton of uh, material information out there Uh, wikipedia is you know i'm sure chock full any of the previous tabletop uh, rpg systems uh, are going to have lots of information on the mandalorians as well so you know do some digging and uh, find some extensions to the stuff we'll provide here tegan let's kind of start off a little bit with the lore and of course you know through the different eras uh of the star wars universe the Mandalorians shift a little bit, Um, you know, back to the old Republic era, uh, you know, everyone should be familiar with kind of how the Mandalorians were in there. And then as you get through the different eras with the rise of the empire, et cetera.
1: Definitely. So there's a huge variance of the Mandalorians and there's a ton of stuff written about them. They are probably the most expanded on groupers, kind of a group of people, as you call them. Uh, That's actually kind of one of the, the most interesting things too, especially when you start off with their lore. Uh, the Mandalorians actually used to have their own species, uh, the Tongs, uh, who were kind of the first Mandalorians. Uh, but I think they died out soon after the Mandalorian civil or the Mandalorian uh, war against the Republic uh, in Old Legends canon. Uh, I don't think the Tongs exist in New Canon. I have to check on that. But for Legends canon, they were the original Mandalorians. Uh, Mandalorians, like, they've pretty much like one of the Republic's big bads outside of the Sith. Uh, so kind of going through history, uh, their biggest area, especially if you're playing the Old Republic, uh, the Mandalorian Wars and kind of that time is when they're at their peak, they're at their strongest. Uh, and There's some great stories to tell if you're going to be focusing your campaign in that era or even just after the Mandalorian Wars. That's actually uh, a really cool era for them because they're beaten, they're dissolved and spread across the galaxy, but there's still a, a ton of them around and they're really fresh in the galaxy's mind too. So some really cool stories that can come from that. Uh, especially once we kind of go through some of the other pieces of their culture and uh information that you can really bring in. But Old Republic era is like the, my favorite era to run Mandalorians because they're still a threat. It's not like kind of the Imperial era or the Dark Times era where they're just usually mercenaries or bodyguards or things like that. Uh, this is where they still got some power behind them. The galaxy still really remembers them as a true, uh, kind of a true contender. Uh, so this is my favorite era to run them in. Uh, but outside of that, and they're kind of affiliated usually. Uh, so either with uh, the Mandalorian uh, Empire itself, uh, or often they've also worked with a couple of the, the Sith Empires too. Uh, so I think they worked with Exor Khan during his revolution, uh, as well as the, uh, the Swotor Sith with uh, uh So some cool stuff in there. And it's just really the, kind of their most prolific era
0: would you say that you know outside the old republic you're going to see the mandalorians more as those fringe like bounty hunters and mercenaries
1: pretty much uh, and yeah, it's pretty much exclusively after that. Uh, there's a little bit uh, as you get into the prequel era, uh, depending on how far before the prequels you go. There's a little bit of build up with the Death Watch and mm-hmm. the uh, the protectors, or not the protectors. Yeah, I think the protectors or True Mandalorians is what they go by. Uh, so there's a little bit of a build up with that aspect. Uh, but usually they're pretty dissolved. The only other time that the Mandalorians become another kind of a true nation again is if you go super far into the future and go uh, during the Legacy of the Force period. Uh, but outside of that, they're usually pretty spread out, and there's really not much of a big presence of the Mandalorians.
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah. So that's you know definitely something to keep in mind out there as a player uh, and a DM. You know, if you're like myself, or you're a little bit new to some of the lore, uh, is keep in mind that if a player wants to utilize that, or if you're using them as an NPC, how they fit in, and you know how they're connected to the to the universe there. So definitely good to touch on. Let's get into these Mandalorians themselves. I mean, they have uh, a very fleshed out culture uh, and whatnot uh, in the Star Wars universe. There's lots of things. It, it's great uh, f- as a player and a DM to utilize them because there is all these references. So, you know, right down to languages, uh, you know, there we'll touch on uh, armor color meanings, which is super cool. So you can really get into the weeds and, and flesh out a very cool character. So... You know, maybe, uh, Tegan, start from the top, uh, becoming a Mandalorian. What's uh, What do we start with there?
1: And that's one of the cool things with Mandalorian, especially from, like, a player perspective uh, for the, the Star Wars 5e game, uh, is after the, the Tong are dissolved, even actually during the Tong, uh, when they were still the, the key Mandalorians, Uh, The species really didn't matter. They take anybody in who they thought could fit their culture. Uh, So as as long as like another Mandalorian kind of inducts you in and uh, basically gives you kind of the the code uh, and gives you kind of their T tenants to live by and some armor, uh, you're a Mandalorian at that point. Uh, So for tabletops, that's one of my nice things with it. So you don't have to worry about, you just have to be a human or even a a tong. You could be pretty much any species you want to be, uh, and you could still be a Mandalorian as long as you kind of fit the other aspects of the culture. So definitely kind of a little freeing aspect for this.
0: Very nice. Yeah, great. Uh, I, I know in one of our other campaigns, we had a Keldor player, and, you know, they wanted to go through that Mandalorian route, and, you know, that worked out, so...
1: That's one of my favorite aspects with them. As long as you've got to live up to their values, they'll pretty much take anybody in.
0: (laughs) Right. So, uh, yeah, let's keep going with this. Um, You know, I mentioned uh, the language. There's lots of, uh, you know, resources for that. What can you tell us about the language and and maybe, uh, you know, its use or anything uh, within a tabletop game?
1: Definitely. This is especially, either way, if you're the DM or a player wanting to kind of represent the Mandalorians go to wikipedia you can just put in mandalorian language it's like i think the only language for star wars that's really been extensively expanded uh one of the authors karen travis really went all in with developing the mandalorian culture and uh that led to the language's development uh so you could really there's a lot of cool different phrases and things like that that you could really use to kind of up your character's mandalorianness uh we play a play by post game. Uh, my character a clone who kind of embraced the Mandalorians. And I kind of look up here just to find different slang and things like that he can kind of bring in just to really show he's embraced that Mandalorian background. But yeah, this is, it's really like, a- super extensive, like there's a ton of different words and phrases you can find, uh, so I usually just kind of go here and do a quick search to see if there's something that fits it, or there's a few that I already know offhand, and just kind of throw them in and sprinkle them in just to really kind of give that little otherness about them too.
0: Yeah, it's a great little addition of flavor, uh, so kind of being on the other end in that game, uh, you know, as a player with with you as a as a player you know and seeing that sprinkle in it's just cool it's a, it really kind of helps the immersion and whatnot and and just language in general stepping away from the mandalorians a little bit i've recently so i did the ewok one shots all this month and uh, someone had a ewok uh basically dictionary you know similar thing and you know it's it's probably nowhere near as extensive as what mandalorian has Um, And then I did another one with Jawas uh, and there was a Jawa thing. And, you know, it's a handful of most common words, but it's just so much fun to utilize that. And, you know, when you can and and swap in the words when they're available. And it really just adds a lot to, uh, you know, to that immersion and just that play style within the game.
1: Definitely, it's one I highly recommend. I'm looking for because it probably it could be a little while, but I'm probably going to use the Mandalorians and the hunt campaign a little bit too. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to kind of RPing them when we finally get the chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, you know, I think Mandalorians are known for sure for their um, you know their weapons, their tools, their armor, obviously. Uh, you know good Few bullet points here that we can touch on. Uh, so tell us about you know what that some of that stuff is, what it kind of means to a Mandalorian, and uh, you know, yeah, everything that they have available.
1: Definitely. So, Mandalorians are kind of known as being some of the most fierce fighters around, and a lot of this is due to just kind of how equipped they come and some of the, they bring some of the best gear to the table. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is they've got uh, a metal called Beskar. So, if you guys have watched The Mandalorian, you're super familiar with Beskar, uh, it seems just how how beneficial it could be to have some of that armor equipped. Uh, so basically they, any of the, from their armor, their gear, to some of their droids back in the day, uh, they made everything out of they could out of the Beskar. Uh, it's super resilient, uh, both to blaster bolts, but in particular to lightsabers It can't be cut with a saber. So if you're going to be going up against Jedi, like a lot of Mandalorians are, uh, this is a great uh, kind of a great tool to have at your disposal to make sure you're not getting quickly ended by a lightsaber. Uh, they kind of go along with that too. So the Beskar, they make that into their traditional armor. So uh, what you see the Mandalorian wear and even uh, Boba and Jango Django wear, uh, they have a uh, Beskar Garm, which in the Mandalorian language basically means iron skin. Uh, so that's where you get that traditional kind of T-visor armor from and just kind of that Mandalorian look couple of the other tools they use. uh, So one of my favorites, and this is going to be more for Old Republic era, but you could still find some around even in Imperial era and later. uh, They've got these really cool war droids called Basilisk War Droids. Uh, So if you play the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic, uh, basically they'd ride these droids down from their ships through atmosphere and kind of dive right into battle just riding on top of the droids uh the droids are basically these big like they sent- not sentient but like almost sentient mounts uh they operate independent of the mandalorian that's riding them uh and the cool thing with them for flavor too uh is that if you kill their rider because they're completely bonded to their rider they pretty much go insane they go berserk and just go on the warpath until somebody puts them down uh, so this is kind of a cool DM note if you want to use your Mandalorians so and give them some Basilisk war mounts uh, as they're fighting the players but you're worried about the players somehow stealing the Basilisk war mount it's a great thing because it's built into their actual lore that they'll just go berserk you don't have to worry about the players stealing one and having to balance that out afterwards yeah
0: we've uh, ran into a few of those in, in some of your campaigns previously and definitely a cool, uh, you know, cool element for the game for sure
1: one of my favorites. And I wish they used them more in the later eras, but they were super prevalent in the Old Republic. So
0: definitely an area you'll
1: see them in. But even if you're playing in Imperial, they still have the technology. So throw them in. Uh, they're definitely kind of a cool element to bring to any game. But the last big piece with the tools, uh, the Mandalorians are known for being Jedi hunters. Uh, So if you're playing a Mandalorian or if you're even just bringing some into the game, uh, make sure you give them some of the Jedi hunting tools. Uh, And a couple of the big things they usually use to throw Jedi off their game, Big one, flamethrowers. Uh, if you're fighting a Jedi, you want to make sure you're shooting something at them that they can't just shoot right back at you. Uh, so flamethrowers, you can't really reflect that with the lightsaber, and you've got to be pretty proficient to block that with the Force. Uh, so it's kind of a cool little tech trick they can use with them. Uh, a lot of times they use jetpacks to get that aerial view, like you see uh, Django do and uh, some of the other Mandalorians uh, in the Mandal- Mando show. Um, one of the big ones, and if you're using Mandalorians and you know they're going to have some good Jedi in the party, uh, switch out their weapons uh, for slug throwers. Uh, so I know most of the builds that we've got uh, at Fisto's Codex usually use uh, blasters, uh, but if they're going after Jedi, most Mandos are usually going to bring slug throwers just to make sure they're not getting the bolts blast uh, blocked back at them. Uh, and then finally, going against Jedi, the big thing, get some good grenades and get some good AoE effects uh, just to really make sure that they're can't use that saber, and this uh, I have a lot of different things to focus on.
0: Yeah, great, um, great point to touch on. There is, is you know, these weapons that make sense for the Mandalorians themselves is uh, within the the lore and whatnot of Star Wars, but uh, also great points within the game from kind of like an encounter mechanic uh, standpoint. Whether you're on either side, the NPC, or if you're the PC, you know, if you're you're building an, a Mandalorian character. You know, these are the things that fit and you know, there's reasons be, behind it, especially um, within the game as well. So very cool. So we got a, a list here of uh, some meanings behind the armor color, which I think is a great little aspect here. Um, you know, we touched on the language and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things to the Mandalorians that are very um, important to them uh, in the show in season one. Uh, you know, we know that he earns his uh, symbol or whatever they call that, uh, sigil, eventually. Um, so, you know, Tegan, tell us about uh, some of these color meanings and, and how that comes into play and how a player can use a, use that themselves.
1: Definitely. And uh, with the colors, I'm not sure if this is going to make it into new canon, but one of the, this is one of the, my favorite aspects from the Legends canon. Uh, but each color has its own different meaning, kind of something that represents something to the Mandalorian. Uh, so like if you see a Mandalorian uh, in gray armor, uh, that usually means they're in mourning. Uh, usually a lost love, but just generally they're grieving something and they've kind of built their armor and almost a persona around that grief. Uh, red uh, usually means somebody's kind of honoring a parent. So uh, they've either got a kind of a famous parent or just a parent they really respect. So they've kind of built their armor around that aspect. Uh, black, usually somebody that's seeking justice. So uh, I know there's a... Mandalorian in the Legacy of the Force comics uh, that uh, had a lot of craziness go on and decided to uh, change his armor up to black just to really enforce, uh, uh, kind of seek justice from the corruption he saw within his clan. Uh, kind of along those same lines, gold is vengeance. Uh, so a lot of times you see, sometimes they may mix the colors too. So that, that Mandalorian I was speaking of had black and gold armor too. Uh, green is typically duty. Uh, blue reliability uh, and then orange is a lust for life uh, so these are just pretty cool elements especially if you're building out your pc and just weren't sure what type of Mandalorian armor or color you wanted to go with uh, this could be kind of a good way to add a little extra air layer to your pc's background or their character uh, just by the color they're displaying to the world
0: yeah great little elements great little touch that you can uh, add in I was I was whipping up um an NPC for something the other day, and I, I started looking up meanings of words in different languages and, and throw that together. So, you know, anytime you can create a little touch like this to help with your backstory, I think it's very cool, and, and to have all this stout stuff out there uh, is, is great. So uh, anything else on their culture, Tegan, that, that you would touch on or you think would be uh, pretty good for a player or a DM to, to make note of?
1: Those are the big things up. Uh... Outside of that, I uh, would just really kind of—they're a warrior culture. So if you're building a PC in that side, or even just using them as uh, NPCs, uh, just really stress that they're uh, often known to be pretty cocky and turn too. So uh, really, got to make sure you're representing that in. Uh, I know a lot of different uh, the Star Wars characters in the universe have just really been annoyed by how arrogant some of the Mandalorians could be. So play that up, uh, but also make sure they've got those skills to kind of back up that arrogance too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Definitely a big, uh, big part of that. Um, So we have kind of sprinkled it in through this conversation. uh, But, you know, using them in a campaign, what else uh, would you would you touch on and and mention for, um, you know, the DM and the player? Anything else? Uh,
1: One thing I would mention, especially for the Mandalorians, uh, just to one thing I think of while a lot of people like Mandalorians for Star Wars is they're kind of a, give you a little bit of a break from the Sith and the old Jedi versus Sith conundrum. Uh, so this could be a great way if you've got a party of Jedi uh, or it was a party of Force users, even kind of a mix with uh, Jedi and Sith, uh, to give them the break of using the big bad being another Sith. Uh, you could make that Mandalorian the big bad, make him kind of the the focus of the campaign. Uh, the cool thing with Mandalorians is they're one of the few people that can stand up to Jedi uh, and fight them on pretty good terms. So it's kind of a good way to just do something different and kind of a different aspect or different angle, uh, but still keep it really Star Wars y at the same time.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's always nice to switch that up uh when you can. It's not just this the simple, straightforward thing as you said, Jedi Sith and whatnot. Um, you know, I know we had uh the last uh last episode when we talked with Ashy with the uh Lost Republic West March. You know, I thought a cool uh factor in there. Their setting is, you know, they had the faction for the Mandalorians, and, um, you know, that brought in that different group, uh, creating that different dynamic as well, where they were, you know, very influential into the stories as well. So it's great to have that kind of third party, if you will.
1: Definitely. It's kind of gives a little more dimension, just some more options too, especially uh, as a DM. It's always nice to have just kind of little different things you can kind of slot into place or just give you some different story ideas.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, uh, yeah, I think that mostly wraps up, you know, everything. I mean, we could, of course, you know, talk on and on if we really dive into some of this stuff. Um, I think lastly, we'll touch on a little bit, uh, you know, just off the top of our head, uh, some other resources out there. Uh, I know that on the Star Wars 5e Discord, at least, um, you know, a lot of people ask, uh, how do I build a Mando? Uh, And so there is, um, if you just kind of search for that, uh, there is a, I know somebody that has the permissions can uh, do one of the uh, uh, quick commands to give you links to, uh, I think there's some documents on uh, doing so. So if you want to build one in Star Wars 5e, they'll give you some tips on doing that. Um, You know, of course, the Wikipedia, uh, things like that. Uh, Anything else you can think of, Tegan, that would be great resources for people to you know, to go to when they're looking for that stuff.
1: Definitely. So Wikipedia, like you said, that's a great quick resource. If you ever did want to just read, kind of some good stories around the Mandalorians. Um, Try the Republic Commando series. Uh, It could be a little bit divisive in the fandom, but if you want to learn more about Mandalorians, it's perfect spot to go to. Uh, Karen Travis does a really good job of going into their culture, their language, just a lot about them. Uh, And it just really kind of makes some really good reference points for either making a campaign or even just playing uh, a Mandalorian PC.
0: Nice. Yeah, the, obviously, the literature is always a great resource uh, for anything within Star Wars. So always good to dive into a good book. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that wraps everything up for now with this uh, with our chat on Mandalorians. I uh, hope that helps you guys out there who are building a PC or using one in your campaign. Uh, we're going to kind of continue a little bit uh, on um, on topic here uh, next episode we will be doing a class spotlight on the scout the scout class is a perfect class to use if you're building a Mandalorian so we'll probably touch on that a little bit within the, that episode specifically for a Mandalorian but um, you know, in general we'll look at that class uh, next time
1: that should be a fun one I play a scout in the play by post campaign and they're definitely versatile and they can do some uh, pretty neat things too so that would be a fun one to dive into
0: absolutely all right well with that uh we thank everyone again for all of our listeners our followers and subscribers Uh, be sure to check us out dungeon jedi com, and we'll see you next time may the force be with you
1: may the force be with you